Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman with you on a Wednesday morning. We are glad to be with you. As always, wherever you're getting your podcast from, Strange... I'm trying to get two things at once there. That's you, no good. You could be getting it at Strange Brew Coffee. You could be listening. I'll grant you that. But if you are listening to it via supertalk.fm or wherever you get podcasts from, we are really glad you have joined us this morning for another edition of The Rumblings. We appreciate all our listeners, especially our great servicemen and women out there taking care of us. And like I said, our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee, House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream, the best. Yep. Nothing more needs to be we, said. We would encourage you to uh, listen to our show while at Strange Brew. That'd be cool. That's killing two birds with one Absolutely. stone. Absolutely. I was in Strange Brew on, uh, was it Sunday? can't remember what day it was now. Uh, but while I was in there, no, it was Saturday. It was actually after the game Saturday. Right. And uh, was getting me a caramel macchiato, mm-hmm. which was outstanding, as it always is. And uh, the girl behind the counter was like, are you the one that people always leave the... Um, gift, for, the yeah. gift cards and stuff for. I was like, "Yes, I am." That's right. I'm and, Joel uh, like, T. Coleman. If you, if you see anybody that wants to leave a few more, I will let, gladly accept. Let them know. All right. So, uh, if anybody out there is in the business of giving Joel T. free coffee, I get the feeling say like Christmas time, you're gonna be racking up. Like, there's gonna be like two hundred dollars worth or something. I don't hate it. You know, if, I, if it happens that way, it's gonna happen. It happens that way. All right. It and, is. Th- and if you've ever left me one. Thank you. Yeah. Love you. I would love to repay them all, but I would be in much debt yeah. if I did them all. Yeah. So, anyway. all right. It's time once again for the Rumblings, our weekly mailbag where you guys send us questions and we answer some of them. We don't answer them all because they're not all great. And if you didn't, if your question didn't get answered, I don't want you to take that as a negative. I want you to take that as a challenge. What, what do I have to do? Get better. All right. And if, if I can help you in any way, ask Joel. And again, I would like to point out that uh, I do not make the editing decisions it's all me. here. It's all me. Take, uh, if I'll you are upset that your question did not get answered, then you should only at Brian Haydad. Only Very Brian Haydad. Mm-hmm. Only at Brian Haydad. Very good. That's if you need help getting better questions, though, ask Joel. <laughs> I don't know about that. But. Joel, Joel's asking better questions. All right. We'll start here at the beginning with DM, who wants to know, should Moorhead just consider Mitchell our best receiver and make him a more targeted part of the offense so we're finding ways to get him the ball specifically? The problem with this is, is he's just a receiver. He's not a guy that you can set up like running plays or, you know, quick pat. He's a he's a traditional downfield receiver. So there's only so much you can do with that, right? Yeah. I, I don't he just gotta get open. Or even if you don't get open, I I guess you can just throw the ball to him anyway. It seems like here this year, um, Seems like he he has made a, a living this year out, out of catching pretty much anything thrown his way, um, other than the sun ball. I'll I'll, I'll let that one slide. You know, mm-hmm. sun to bright, as we've said a few weeks ago. But but yeah, I, I don't know how you could really get him more involved being being, being a receiver. So ah, uh, I think he's doing a darn good job this year, though. I mean, I agree. Yeah. He he should should. B State's first 500 yard receiver since Donald Gray and Fred Ross in 2016. So, um, his plight is a pretty cool one too. Uh, I was talking tonight actually with, with Paul Jones a little bit about that and how I, I think that Osiris basically signed on uh, the June after his senior year, I believe. If, if Paul, um, if I remember Paul right, and and so he was kind of like the last man in, and he's come to Mississippi State. 
and he has slowly and steadily every single year gotten better and better and better. And, you know, now I, he's the receiver you trust the most, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No question. I, it's, it's pretty darn impressive what, what, what he's what he's become. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that you can do anything to get him more involved. Um, but, but yeah, I think he's going to be a lot involved because it seems like he's one of Tommy's favorite targets. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, let's see here. Our next question comes to us from Graham Yateman, who wants to know. Basketball question. We're already moving on. Time to move on. <laughs> Do you believe that men's hoops can finish in the top six of the SEC with the talented freshman Moliner and Stewart? I believe we could easily finish top six, which would secure an NCAA bid. I don't know about easily finish top six. I'm always iffy counting on guys I hadn't seen. I don't right. care what the ratings are. I, I just am. Um, can they finish top six? Yeah. Uh, would I pick them to finish top six? Uh, that's a good question because I'd probably have them right there around that seven range. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, middle of the pack. Yeah. Um, could they? Given health, and that's always a get. You know, that's always if. Who knows? I could definitely see them sneaking into that, like that five or six spot. Think that's fair? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, it, it depends on. Now, I saw on twenty four seven that they that they've. I don't know if they've got like official confirmation or whatever, but they said that Nick Weatherspoon is missing the first ten games of this season. I saw that on twenty four seven. Well, so, I mean, you 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 can extrapolate it this way. Mm-hmm. I mean, football players that They're were losing involved sixty six percent of their season, uh, yeah, yeah, are, are so missing about the same thing. So uh, what would be you know? So you're looking at what missing twenty something games yeah. total? He missed what ten yeah. games last year. So yeah, makes it sense. makes sense. Yeah, but. That said, that's going to give that Molinar kid, I think, a lot of opportunities in the early going. So if he's any good, we'll see where that, that takes you. I think you're going to see – the only issue I have right now is that those non-conference games, which are going to be key for Mississippi State, uh, is I mean, is Tyson Carter your point guard? Because I don't know how that's going to work. Because he is he's, – I mean, he's a great player, but he's not a point guard. So, you know, how, how do you make that work? I don't know. Yeah, we'll so see. We'll have to figure that out. But we're going to get more uh... – Tutorgate fun because they're not going to say Nick yep. Weatherspoon is suspended for the first 10, 11 games. It's going to be a day, you know, week, week by week until yeah. finally it's Nick's done. available. Exactly. So, so look forward to more Tutorgate coming November and December. Yeah. Do you feel this is from the Red Devil dog, the enemy of Joel Coleman? The Red the Devil. Devil. The Devil. The Devil. What? There, there is no rivalry between the hammer and the nail. God's got him. He's. A, I've seen. I've seen the end. Spoiler alert. In the end, God wins. There you go. Devil's no rivalry. Okay. We got him. Well, that's good news. Team Jesus. All right, calm down over there. Uh, your pecs are going to start going in a minute. <laughs> Do you feel that as of right now, Joe is struggling to run his true offense with the majority of the roster he did not recruit? Or should that be a non-factor at this point? I say it's a non-factor because the most important part of the offense was the quarterback. And you got the two quarterbacks you've got are your quarterbacks. The running backs and receivers, those should be able to run any offense. Yeah, and and you're in year two of this offense now, two. So even if it was a guy that was unfamiliar with it, um, you should be now. You know, you are sophomores. Yeah. You are sophomores in Joe Moorhead's offense right. now, unless You've you're Tommy Springs, unless you're Tommy camps. Stevens, in which case you're like a senior in Joe Moorhead's right. offense now. So, um, so no, at this point, it should not be an excuse. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I agree. Paul Jones wants to know: Are you considering trading me for a first round pick? Who are you gonna get better than me? <laughs> You are the one thing that uh, I'm untradeable. I'm, hold, I'm holding on to. I'm the franchise player. All right, there's no, no, there's no getting rid of me. <laughs> Absolutely not. 
Uh, that is in reference, by the way, for those wondering what the heck we're talking about, to my Miami Dolphins trading anything that's not nailed down. Whatever whatever they can get rid of. Marino's jersey. Uh, Alan Lundy wants to know if you feel bad about putting the bad mojo on the team, making Tommy throw picks and fumble the football. <laughs> I did get called out on that on Saturday. Did you see that? As mm-hmm. soon as Tommy uh, threw a pick and things, everybody was like, you jinxed him, Joel. You jinxed him, Joel. I would like to say that there was one thing that I mentioned a week ago that has not happened that still hasn't happened. What's that? I'm not going to bring it up because then I would would be putting myself out there again. But I did not – I wasn't a total jinx the other day. Okay. So, but yes, I wore that one. Um, It happened. I would just like to apologize. Mm -hmm. Sorry, guys. Peyton Neely wants to know if the last offensive drive from Saturday is the worst we've ever seen at State – in college, in all of football. That's an easy no for me. An easy no. Because I saw third and 57. <laughs> I saw that happen. So, no, that's not even close to the worst. I mean... We saw, what, fourth and 93 at La Tech? Fourth and 93. Uh, you know, I saw every offensive drive offensive drive crew's teams made. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's not even close. I mean... Uh, how often with 30 seconds do you get the win? I mean, it's you know, bad cut plays, but yeah. I no. think we even mentioned on the show a little bit, but there was a lot of consternation about how that last 45, 30 or 45 seconds win of that game the other day. Mm-hmm. And even if that goes perfectly, your chances are not good. No. So, uh, and, and you have to consider, you have a true freshman running the show, playing in his second career game, trying to get you completely down the field in 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked to Garrett... Uh, on Tuesday night, and I actually asked him about that last minute, and and he owned up to I made some mistakes on that last drive. Basically, I I, I don't I don't want to try and and quote him verbatim, but but he he was kind of saying some of the things that he did wrong and should have spiked it a couple you know, and instead he ran a play, and and then the, the, he he kind of ran through the the gamut of things that went wrong with that last drive, and he kind of took ownership of it. You know, if you're a state fan and, and you want to feel good about that last 35, 40 seconds, feel good that your freshman quarterback that was running the show stood up there on Tuesday night and said. Yeah, it was kind of my fault. Yeah, I agree. Let's see here. Uh, we got next. Hunter Manis wants to know when are you going to stop flexing at me? It's getting weird. Hey, you know when you're don't when, do it right now. When no. you're when you're ripped, you're like jacked. Me, when you're jacked, sometimes those the, those muscles just flex, man. There he is. David Sweeney got it, flown it. I right? guess. I guess. David Sweeney wants to know what do you think the identity of the football team is under Moorhead? Is there anything we do consistently well? This is a good question. Because I don't believe this team has a, a true identity. They're not a smash-mouth power team anymore. They're not a very physical football team. But they're not a big play team either. So they're just sort of they're just sort of floundering with no identity. Is that fair? Yeah. And, I mean, you can blame different things for that. You can blame the fact that Dan Mullen left the receiving core a little bit bare. <laughs> Is that fair to say? Very fair. Very I mean, fair. Uh, you can blame it on the fact that when Joe came, he had the best defense in school history, and then three of those guys went in the first round of the NFL draft. And, and uh, oh, by the way, there's this whole Tudor Gate thing that's kind of ruined the whole season a little bit. Not ruined, but put a damper on it and changed things a little bit. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just been hard to get some consistency going on either side of the football because of a various number of issues. You know, it's... Uh, I don't know. I, I think it would have been really hard for any coach, if with these exact same circumstances, to develop a 
a new identity. I don't. We don't talk about it enough. That I think that Joe was kind of put in a little bit of a tough spot because of the what Dan left behind a little bit. And that's not blaming Dan for anything, but he did leave some gaps at receiver and some gaps on the defensive line. And and uh, then of course, like we said, guys go to the NFL draft and then Tudor Gate. That's not Joe's fault. You know, I, I don't hang that on Joe at all. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people may want to say he should be over. I just I, I can't hang that on Joe. I hang that on the the guys that decided to cheat and do whatever. That's their fault. Um, I, I can't really place blame on Joe. He's had a lot of things out of his control. So, um, I don't know. It's tough to get an identity when you got so much crap going on around you, I guess. Yeah. So, no, in answer to the question, I don't think there really is one. I agree. Uh, let's see here. Jimmy Rayburn wants to know, if Tommy is still out with his injury against Kentucky Saturday and Garrett starts, will Jalen Maiden be second string for that game? I believe so. If Stevens is out, I think the QB depth chart is Schrader, Maiden, Thompson. Yeah. I don't think Stevens is going to be out, by the way. But, I don't either, yeah. But, yeah, I think if he was, I think that would be your depth chart. Yeah, I agree. Because we've now continuously the last week or so heard about Keaton being banged up. You know? So, apparently if he's banged up, he's relegated to, as we talked about yesterday, kind of that emergency QB role, it kind of seems like. Um, so, until I see Keaton Thompson play this year, I'm kind of going to go under the assumption he's not going to play. <laughs> I, at this point, I don't. I don't know what else we can do. So right. So yeah, I think if you made me draw up a depth chart, I, I would go Schrader, Maiden, maybe even Logan Burnett yeah. ahead, uh, ahead of Keita. I don't yeah. know if you made me draw it up for this coming weekend. Yeah. Another question from Hunter Manis. That's a good one though. If you could uninvent something, what would it be? That's a difficult question because something that's already in your life, you want it out though. It does mayonnaise count? <laughs> That'd be a great one. Um, this isn't it, but there are components, and I say this as I'm sitting here watching the Braves on mine right now. There are components of us being continu- constantly connected that I, I hate, mm-hmm. and and I'm pointing the finger at me too. Mm-hmm. You know, point Joe the Moorhead, point point the thumb, the thumb not, not the finger. finger yeah. Um, I wish with my job I didn't have to check Twitter all the time to make sure something hadn't happened, mm-hmm. kind of thing. I, I wish that, um, sometimes we just weren't as, yeah, all the time. You know, on the and, and and it's it's almost an addiction. You don't even realize you're doing it. You know, yeah, yeah. you have like a, a a millisecond of time to kill. What are you doing? You're out there on your phone. Yeah. Like sometimes I wish. Sounds like you would just sit there and watch the birds and the the birds and the bees, bro. There you go. <laughs> the rainbow. I was just gonna say pickles, but okay, we'll uh, go with yours too. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of good that comes from it too. But sometimes I wish <laughs> we could kind of dumb down our smartphones, and mm-hmm. so all they did was text and call, mm-hmm. but. James Craig has a uh, long question here. Today's fans want results so quickly from a coach. Tennessee and other schools are a revolving door of unsuccessful coaches. Clemson fans wanted Dabo gone before the program skyrocketed. How would you decide a timeline for Joe to be successful versus seeing the writing on the wall? That's a good question. Like, what what's what has to happen for you to be completely convinced one way or the other? I think by the end of year two, you sort of know what you have. Either things are trending the right direction in terms of recruiting and everything else, or you, or they're just not. Well, you know, I know right now everybody's all up in arms a little bit because of the losses past Saturday. But recruiting wise, he's done well. He's done all right. Yeah, he's been fine. I, I mean, it's, we'll it's see if it sticks. Di- it's not a whole lot different than what it is under Mullen. We'll, we'll see if it sticks. If State 
ends up having a down year. You know, if Sega goes five and seven or something, we'll see what happens. But what was what was Dabo's first year? Do you know? Was it 08? I don't know. Let's let me let's, let me check. Saban's first year was 07. Yeah. Did that, they, did Dabo start the year after Nick? What just happened here? I thought I hit the. Okay, there we go. Hold on. Dabo Sweeney. He started at Clemson. He took over as the interim in 08. So in 08, they went 7-6. and six. And then the next year, they won nine games. It took a step back the next year it's to 6-7. and seven, And then they won 10-11, and then they took off. So, I mean, in year two, he was 9-5. and five. They won the ACC, uh, the division that they were in. They won their bowl game. Uh, you know, he, you could see some things were trending in the right direction there. Whereas somebody like Sylvester Croom, once he lost to Maine, you knew he wasn't going to be successful. There was no no chance for him. And so sometimes you know early, sometimes you know a little later. But I definitely think by the, by the end of this season, you're going to know what you have with Joe Moorhead. Simple as that. You know, six. If he's worse than seven and five, that there's a problem. If he's seven and five or better, it's going to be okay. I think. But we'll see. Yeah, it's it's tough. What kind of gives you hope for for the future with Joe is, again, I'm bringing back up. I think Garrett Schrader can be really successful running his offense. Yeah. So I I think that, you know, if if he's around to coach Garrett Schrader's entire career. Uh, I think that State's offense will get up and going. Um, that's just my opinion. People may disagree with that, but yeah. we'll see. Philip Knight wants to know, what happened to wearing suits at the dog walk? Have you seen that? They don't wear suits anymore. They just wear, like, warm-up gear. I don't even – I don't. I hadn't paid a ton of attention to yeah. what they wear I'm at the dog walk. I'm not a fan of that. Like they, I think they should, like, you know, a little dress up a little bit. Yeah. But whatever. You always had Dak dressed to the nines. Yeah, he looked great. Let's see here. Uh, Ford Polk. He's ready to tap out. You know Ford? I do. Oh, he's ready to tap out. He says, at what point in the season do we play for next year? A couple more losses or if Stevens and Hill get injured? You don't play for next year at any point this year until, you know, I mean, it would have to be late. Like, if you're getting ready to play Alabama, well, even if you're playing Alabama with four wins, then you got Ole Miss and and Abilene Christian. You've got to feel like you're going to get to six. So I don't think there is a point. Well, I mean, if State loses this weekend, two and two. If they lose to Auburn, two and three, mm-hmm. it's Tennessee the next week. Yeah, if you lose that and you're two and four, mm-hmm. maybe it's time. It starts getting time. Okay, I think because if you lose to me, if you lose the next three and you're you're riding a four game losing streak, including losses to non conference Kansas State. I know they're a Power Five team, but it, it was a team still, in my opinion, that State should have beaten. Um, you lose to Kansas State, Kentucky, and Tennessee in that stretch, and you're two and four, and you still got Bama and A and M and LSU coming. Yeah, eh, you're probably best suited to okay. build for the future. You may disagree with that, but right. if you're two and four after the first six, I don't know that you're winning many of those last six. All right. David Madison wants to know, what's your favorite Kentucky Derby horse name? <laughs> Mine's easy. So I actually picked the winner randomly. Bob and I were doing a podcast, and I'm like, hey, the Kentucky Derby's this weekend. Who do you got? And I was like, I'm going to pick I'll Have Another just because that's a good name. And he won. So, forever immortalized. I don't even know that off the top of my head I can tell you a Kentucky Derby horse's name. Well, there you go. I mean, I've watched it before. If you were going to name a horse, you got to give one of these crazy names. What would you well, name? Well, I just said, I, I just said I've watched it before. There's probably been a horse called I've watched it before. Or yeah, there probably like has that. been. There's yeah. no telling. So, if you were going to name a horse, 
What would you name it? You gotta give it one of these crazy horse names. Hmm. Gosh, I I'm trying to think of something really funny. And yeah. just this is not coming to you. All right, well, you think about it. If something pops in your head, just, just shout it out. Okay. You, you get the Holy Spirit okay. over there. All right. All right. Uh, let's see here. Dear Old State wants to know, what, if anything, can be done short-term to shore up special teams? Are they another casualty of Tudorgate with all the young guys who would normally play special teams suspended? I think I think they are. That's very obvious that there's a casualty. Marcus Murphy would be out there on special teams. Devontae Jason... Remember, he didn't redshirt last year, and Joe said it was because of his play on special teams. They would be playing on special teams. So those guys are better. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Yeah, I think As what can be done, though, nothing. You just got to deal play with the hand you're dealt. So I don't know what else you can do. He also wants to know if I'm a Lakers fan to make up for the historic misery of being a State and Saints fan. I mean, I, I guess, but yeah, I, was, I was a Lakers fan as a young kid. So, I mean, I, it just sort of, you know, I didn't really think about it, you know. Yeah. I didn't know a whole lot about the history of the Saints and State at that point in my life. Have I ever seen them play in L.A.? No, that is a definite bucket list thing to try to get to the Staples Center one time uh, before I go, before I shuffle off that mortal coral. Let's see here. Uh, Jared Bragg wants to know, what does Moorhead have to You'd like this guy. He's got a big Brave jersey on. I'm talking about. What does Moorhead have to do this season to win back a large portion of the fan base that doesn't believe he is the right guy? And is there any reason to believe that he will? Well, the first question is easy to answer. Win. Yeah. Win not only win win a cup win a game you're not supposed to. I was going to say at this point you need to finish like eight and four, which is kind of what everybody kind of was thinking going into the year anyway. And you know, of course, at this point, one of those eight would have to be like an Auburn or something. Right. If state, let's put it this way: people are mad right now, but if state wins the next two or even the next three, but if they win the next two, if they and I, I won't worry about what happens against Tennessee just yet, but if they beat Kentucky and Auburn, everybody's going to be okay. Yeah. Everybody, everybody will put it behind them. Um, is there a reason to believe you will? Uh, that's another question. Um, I mean, again, I, I, the thing that bothers me the most about Moorhead is this, that we he was billed as this offensive innovator and guru, and we have not seen that at all. That said, after two games, we were praising how good the offense looked with Thomas But it wasn't Stevens. innovative. It was just better. Wasn't, but it, it was effective. Did I say innovative? Like, that's a word? Innovative. Thank you. That's better, Brian. But it was just better. It, it, but there's nothing innovative about this offense to well, me. Well, who cares if it's innovative if it works? Well, that's what he was billed as. Well, you know, does it really matter what he's billed as as long as it works? Well, if the, if the theory behind the hiring was, look, we can't out-recruit, we can't out-Jimmy and Joe Alabama, we've got to out-X and O them, then yeah, it needs to be something different. You can't just go out against Alabama and run it up the middle and throw the ball down the field and call it a day. I, I, I agree with you. What I'm saying is, if you, if State did that and they run this, as you're kind of hinting at, unoriginal-style offense, mm-hmm. and it works, nobody's going to care that it's unoriginal. I mean, if it's effective, yeah, but it's, you know that's the other thing. So, Steven wants to know what it was like facing Cliff Davis in high school. He's talking to you, obviously. Did you see the video I sent him? Well, I've seen that video. You've seen before. it before. Yeah, that's a great video. Uh, I, I, I can tell you that... Uh, young, The heart of young Joel Coleman. Heart of a champion. Whew. I, I'll tell you what now. Old Cliff could hum it. <laughs> At what point in that pitch did you realize this is going to hit my head? Well, you don't have much time to think when it's coming 95 plus it, it, at your is, head. Is there a second there where you're just like, well, I know here's I'm, that, I'm in trouble? Here's that full story. And I bet uh, at least my, my former assistant coach, also the guy that married me, hey, Coach Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, I bet he's listening today. He performed um, the marriage. He, he, he didn't was, actually marry you. 
Yes, he 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 performed the marriage. He, he was the minister. He was the minister. Uh, uh, yes. your, your your lovely yes. wife Katie married you. Yes, that is correct. Okay, let's, let's clear that up for everybody. So anyway, if if you're listening, coach, love you, man. Anyway, he was in the first base coaching box watching this. He will enjoy this story. Mm-hmm. But uh, my head coach, Coach Dillinger, if you happen to be listening, coach, love you as well. He uh, told me before I went up there for this at bat. You know, this is the top of the seventh inning mm-hmm. in a one run game, mm-hmm. and. I'm leading off, and so it's, you know, get on base however you can. This is the last inning. And right. he said, you know, if it, it comes at you, take it kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. But not at the head. Well, anyway, I, I've always been a dude that I, I, I didn't mind getting hit by a pitch. It's fine with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll hurt a little bit, get on base. Who cares? Um, so, I, I mean, in my mind, if a pitch was coming at me, even if it was 90, I wasn't going to move. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't. Here's the deal. Had I wanted to move, I don't. I don't think I had time to move. But was I, you still answer my it, question? Was there a moment when the from the time it left his hand to the time it made contact with you that you were like, was there that split second? You're like, I'm in trouble. Well, yeah, because if you in the video, you can kind of. I mean, I, I turned my head just a, a touch because I can. I mean, you see, it's been hit your head. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, there, there's at least a smidgen of a second where you know this Gosh. is about to ring my bell. Gosh. And uh, and so I hit the ground there and. <laughs> Nobody out there is watching this video, but I, I hit the ground, and, right, and everyone. Hold on, it's already it's got sixty one views. What are you talking about? But uh, I've actually tweeted it before, so some yeah. people have seen it. But I hit the ground there. I'm not really hurt. I'm just like it's one of those deals where you just make sure everything's okay. Yeah, you know, I I, I wasn't like that second after a car wreck. Yeah, like, I'm, like, I'm still. Alive. It's that moment where you just check and everything. So that's what I'm doing when I'm laying there. I, I think my parents were freaking out, or at least my mom was. Uh, I wish they let you stay in the game. Yeah, and it got pinch ran for. But here's the deal: had I gotten a base hit to left field, they were still going to pinch run for me because I was I'm slow, slow as Christmas. As, yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that them pinch running for me, I would love to say it was because they were concerned about my health. Uh-huh. Uh, it's because there are tortoises that ran faster. I got you. All right. So, Reser- uh, anyway, Reservoir Dog. We ended up losing the game. If you care, one nothing, right? Yeah, That's or solid. I think it was one nothing. It was one nothing or two one. It was a okay. low score and one run game. That sucks. Reservoir Dog. All for not. Who is your favorite all-time favorite? Drilled TV? in the head. That's my horse. Drilled in the head. There it is. Drilled in the head. How about that? Or Bean Ball or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Reservoir Dog. Who is your all-time favorite TV detective? Ah, uh, MacGyver. Was he a detective? I don't know. <laughs> he was like a special, a secret agent or something, right? <gasps> All right. That's good. He always figured things out. I'm going to go with Hunter. Oh, Fred Dreyer. That was a great TV show. I used to love that show. Uh, are you a good tipper at restaurants? Uh, I mean, I, I'm always... What are you looking at? Oh, I had to... I had to burp, so I got away from Oh, okay. I thought you were, like, trying to... <laughs> no. See, you know, I thought, thought maybe you were wanting a peck flick. No, no, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, anyway. I'm just I'm just moving, like, to not make noise there. I, I try, and, and... I mean, I'm not out there... Throwing out, you know, you're not making throwing, it rain. Throwing around hundreds right. or nothing, but right. yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna, I, I'm going to at the very minimum, you know, give you my fifteen percent. That's that's bottom line, you know. If you're right. if you do your job pretty well, you're getting at least twenty. Okay, good job. Should we talk? Do we talk enough about how bad Moorhead is at managing timeouts? He's not great. No, but you know, Dan never calls him at least in the first half. Ah, well, you know, you need to keep them. So there's bad managing, and then there's just not using them. Period. So I don't. Boy, if they could ever find a, co- a coach that could work the timeouts, they'd be hell on wheels. Uh, last one. Should the rumbling segment be called the grumblings after a loss? I like that. We might we might go with that going forward. Let's see here. Justin Cox. Not that Justin Cox. 
All the talk about Autry and Gay playing this weekend. Wouldn't Marcus Murphy also be a key addition? Yeah, we've said that. Yeah, he would be. They they need to play everybody. They need to play everybody they can this weekend because it's it's a uh, it's a big deal. Who do you assuming? And this may be a big assumption. I don't know that State will do this. If they play all of the suspended guys mm-hmm. that have been suspended in the same games from here on out, mm-hmm. one of them, Lee Autry. Is going to have to be suspended for right. Richard brought that up. So I, who, I, I made the comment. I which thought, one game do you? I thought you should play them against in these next three games. And he's like, "Well, if you do that, Autry's done." Do you not let Autry play Tennessee? Something like that. Yeah, or yeah, that's probably the way I would go. Or maybe this weekend. I don't know. Kentucky, Kentucky, can move. Tennessee is probably the one. Yeah, don't play him against Tennessee, and then you then what are you saving him for the Egg Bowl? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because the here's the thing about the Egg Bowl is I think State's going to win. You cannot lose that game if you're Joe yeah. Moorhead. You cannot, especially if, if you're you know, six and five going in. You cannot lose that game. You will not have a single fan in the world. Yeah, that said, while, while we're talking suspensions again here quickly, um, we we talked about this on the show yesterday, and and you and I both I think kind of came to the conclusion that we weren't 100 percent sure. Mm-hmm. I've done some checking around mm-hmm. on this whole whole deal of if they dress and don't play kind right. of thing. Right. Um, not just for Tudor Gate, but at any kind of gate. I've been told. That if Why they, is everything a gate? I don't, it's so dumb. I don't know. But if anyone is suspended, they're not going to dress. Right. So I guess that that being said, you know, um, you know like Jalen Maiden was dressed the other day. He was not suspended for that game because he was, he was dressed. Because right. if they were suspended for a game, they are not going to dress them, whether it's Tudor Gate or any other situation, from, from what I've been told. So, anyway, just throwing it out there if there was right. – didn't want to mislead anyone yesterday. Our good friend Justin Strawn up at 3.17 a.m. Steve Austin would have liked you to be up a little bit earlier than that, but yeah. that's okay. Still, uh, what an ungodly hour to be awake. I know, man. If I'm up at 3.17, I'm angry. Like, I'm, I'm going to be mad. You know, the Bible actually says it's vain to rise up early or to sit up late. Just saying, Justin. You heathen. <laughs> For so he gives his beloved sleep. 3 a.m., that's the witching hour, too, so – that's no good. You know, you know about the witching hour. Fill me in. The witching hour is three o'clock a.m., and it is the satanic version of three o'clock p.m., which is the miracle hour, which is basically everybody accepts that's when Christ died at three o'clock p.m. Okay. So if you like, there's a movie called The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yes. And she keeps waking up at three a.m. and the priest finds out and he's like, "That's that's not good." Basically. So if you ever wake up at three a.m., like straight up three a.m. Yeah, be careful. I'm going to wake up at 3 a.m. tonight, and I'm going to be freaked out because, yeah. of you, because of you. And then if I could just be in your house when that happens. Ah! <laughs> you have to change the sheets. <laughs> like, Katie, just, just let me be in the closet. It'll I be have all right. children, for God's sake, no, man. No, Don't wake up the kids. No, no, the kids will be fine. I'll give them a Benadryl. They'll be fine. Uh, let's see here. John Cohen has been AD for almost three years. If you were giving out five-star reviews, how many would he get? You know, to be fair... And some of it's out of his control. I think it's probably it's probably at least he's probably lost a star in the last few months. Would you say? Yeah, probably. That fair? That's fair. That's fair. I mean, and honestly, how many you know when the whole Canizero thing happened? You know, he took. He, you got to give him some heat for that. I've always believed that because yeah, that was his guy, and it just it didn't work out. So you know, I, that said, I, in I, between I that, State has had the most successful athletic yeah. year it's ever had. Facilities are are you know being built. Um, you know, you've got your your big four coaches. You've got four guys 
for the most part, you, you have confidence in. We'll see what happens with Moorhead. But, I mean, Schaefer, you, you locked up Vic Schaefer, which that was a huge deal. Your, your baseball hire looks like it's the real deal. And then Howland just sort of is what he is. Four-star? Who's a four-star? Nothing wrong with that. That's solid. We're also three years removed from Scott Strickland's era as AD. Take away leaving for Florida. How many stars does the Strickland era receive? You take away the leaving for Florida? Uh-huh. He's at least a four-star. At least a four-star. You know, I mean, did he have some mistakes? Obviously, he did. But you know, the whole the, the, the Rick Ray, Rick Ray thing is, is that a, that's, a, that's a big one. a big blemish. That's, that's his biggest blemish. But then he went out and got Ben Howland. And say what you want about Howland and what he's done here. When Ben Howland was hired, that was a huge deal. Yeah, I mean, that was like they got the best possible coach they could get when they hired him. It, it would have been the equivalent of I'm trying to think who had you know. Not not national titles, but has had a like. If you if state had hired Mark Richt, you know it would have been the same kind of deal. Yeah, I think maybe that's not even a better. It may not even be a great example either. So I don't know. Uh, last one from uh, from uh, Justin. Brandon Walker apparently met Adam Cole. Baby, Baby. is this the first time I've ever been jealous of him? Have I, have I I I I am jealous of him. I won't lie. I mean, because Adam Cole is my favorite pro wrestler right now. Um, probably not the first time, though, to be totally honest. Uh, he does work with a beautiful woman. You know, I work with Joel. Uh, you know, they're both blonde. Yeah. You know, I don't. I bet she. I wonder if she. I don't think she can do the peck thing that you can do. Hmm. I don't know. You'd probably look if she did. I would look if she did. I won't lie. So you, I, you, I. You don't look at me. I'm not going to do. Or that. You don't want to. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look over here. Uh, but yeah, I would like to have met Adam Cole. That would have been cool. Let's see here. Uh, Chris King wants to know, I was, was I the only one listening or watching the game Saturday and thinking why Kleinman or Kiffin, Kiffin wasn't the coaching hire instead of Moorhead? Not, not first Kiffin, was ne- that's not going to work at Mississippi State. Well, that's also, a- too, I, people are so right now, ticked off about Saturday. When Joe Moorhead was hired, it was universally praised for the, for the most part. It was. But at the same time, if they had hired, here's the thing about Chris Kleiman. If they, people had hired him, that would have, I don't think it wouldn't have been very well received. It wasn't well received at Kansas State. Yeah. Now he's winning games and they all love him. But everybody's like, oh my God, this guy runs a two back power eye formation. And that's not going to win in the SEC. You know, the name, and I don't, I don't know, quite frankly, I don't know how far, if at all, state went down this road. Um, but, there's a guy sitting over at UAB that I think is going to be a heck of a football mm-hmm. coach for somebody mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. in Bill Clark. I agree. And, and that was a dude that, before I even knew Joe Moorhead's name, when we would sit around in the media room, we would play games like, all right, everybody pick a coach. Who's, who's going to be your coach? The guy that I picked that I was like, this guy might need to be at Mississippi State, is was Bill Clark at UAB. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just feel like that dude, at some point in time, uh, he's going to go somewhere and win big. Um, but anyway, I... That said, uh, State's coaching search, if you'll remember, I mean, for a long time, everybody just assumed it was going to be Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah. yeah. And then, so, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here. Jeff, where's the swag, juice, strain, and relentless effort with the football program now? It seems the team has lost that edge that it used to have. We were just talking about that you know, earlier about the identity. Then That was Mullen's identity, that those teams played hard and they, they hit hard. And you don't feel like that anymore. And that's I think that's another reason fans are apathetic and upset. I think some of that, though, is there are some big personalities that got lost after last year. Because I think last year, 
especially on the defensive side of the ball, you still saw some of that with the, the Abram and mm-hmm. the Sweats and the Simmons and even the Mark McLaurins and, and things of the world that don't get as much play when you talk about the guys that defense lost. You, you just felt like they had a little edge to them and, and things. And, and, and maybe some of these guys will – you know, we'll get there, and maybe it'll get it back a little bit as as you know Willie Gay whenever he's able to play some. I mean, there's, you know, but but yeah, right now I think that that's one of the more concerning things about this team is that I, I'm not going to sit here and call them soft, but they're softer. Mm-hmm. I agree. It seems. All right. Our next questions come from Tyler Warren, who wants to know. Let's see here. Uh, was it just me or did Moorhead basically run the same play up the middle all game? Did he think that was actually going to work? That's that's the play. That's the that play has three or four options out of it. So when you're seeing it go to Kylan Hill, what what you're seeing is the read from Tommy Stevens is I need to hand off here. So it it it, it, it sort of is the same play, but it does it's not designed to be the same play every time. The give read, pitch read, all yeah. that whole nine yards. Exactly. We, talk, we talked about all that yeah. back a few months ago. Eyes, four eyes, four hands. Whatever. I can't even remember what play it was now, but I, I remember you tweeting not long ago. And, not, and not long ago now, it was maybe this past weekend or maybe oh, the, in the fab I saw, package. I saw you say, I remember that play from the, the, the little play where they, they they roll the tight end across the formation, That's right. and sure. then the quarterback rolls out and he just hits him out there in the flat, and it's it, it, it's open. So here's the big picture question here: Do you think Moorhead will be successful at MSU? And I'm gonna make you say yes or no. The thing is, right now, I need to see the rest of this year. I feel like before I, can, I agree with before that. Before I can really answer. But if that. I said you got to put your, your chips on the table, <sighs> define successful. Can he match what Mullen did? Mm. I'm not even. I'm not talking about improve on it because I don't know that you can. Can he be a consistent eight win coach at Mississippi State? The fact that I'm hesitating, I guess, means that I'm, means I'm leaning. No. I'm leaning towards no, yeah, which which I hate because I want, I want Joe to be successful because I, as I've said on this show eight hundred million times, I like Joe and I want him to be successful. Right. But the fact that I'm even hesitating it, is because I guess I'm leaning no and don't want to say no. His recruiting makes you think maybe he could do it, but you got to be able to coach those guys. And too. you have to continue to recruit that way, yeah, which exactly. may be tougher if you don't get the wins to prove that you're going in the right direction. Yeah. Third and two with our offense, what play would you run? It's funny you asked, Tyler. It's the play that you said you think is the only one. I'd run that play right there. I'd have handed the ball to Kylan Hill and said, good luck. Now, totally, I said, with my off, with, with State, if I'm the coach, but there's another back in there or another tight end or something, I'm going to block the point of attack. But I'm going to run the football. No question. Third and two, I'm running the football. That's a running down. My you, same? Oh, yeah. I, I said the other day that even if, if – you hand it to Kyle and he gets stuffed. To me, that's still the right play call. Yeah. Even if I gonna if I am gonna throw the ball there, I'm definitely rolling out. I'm gonna give Schrader the option to go if he sees you know and be quick about it. like here's your first read. If it's not there, take off. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going to do. Let's see here. Rob Montgomery wants to know what's the closest comparison comparison to the impact Dak has had on state in terms of another school or star player who was immediately the school's best player of all time was so beloved by his school. And then he expanded that school's brand by being a star in the pros. I got a good answer for this. Do you have one? I mean, he wasn't the first star at this school, but Tebow was very... That's a good answer? That's not my answer, but that's a good answer? Michael Jordan. 
Now, granted, Dak has not touched what Jordan did yeah. in terms of, of, of championships and all that, and I don't know that it'll ever happen. I was thinking all football whenever I, I read that question. But, but. And, and not that North Carolina had not had stars, huge stars. They'd won national titles. But Jordan has elevated that brand. Yeah. And he elevated a brand that was already really good. Yeah. So, he, I mean, his job was almost more difficult, yeah. to be totally honest with you. And my answer with Tebow, he did basically nothing in the pros. I guess he won a playoff game. Right. But... His college, he, he he is, he his impact is greater than what he did on the field. Yeah, and that's what I, how, what I'm looking at here. Yeah, for me, yeah, Jordan is, is he is states Michael Jordan, and God forbid if he ever wins a world championship, the amount of crap people are going to have to eat that have hated on him from Mississippi State fans, they are going to shovel it in your mouth, my friend. Well, he's playing like a quarterback that should win one. He is right now, and he's going to make a lot of money too. And he's about to have another big day on Sunday because he's about to move the Dolphins to zero and three. Oh, is that happening? Which I'm cool with. Because That's a shame. Tank for Tua. Yeah. Let's go. Gil Mangkling wants us to rank these Kevin Costner sports movies. For Love of the Game better be on there. Ten Cup. I love For Love of the Game. For Love of the Game. <laughs> yes, my Draft boy. Day. Field of Dreams. Bull Durham. Draft Day's dead last, right? I think so, I haven't yeah. even seen Draft Day. I'm not interested. I've seen it. I've seen it. Right. I, mean, it was, I mean, it's entertaining. Okay. But I think so it is What's number last. one? I actually... Maybe I'm alone in this, but I, I really like For Love of the Game. My wife loves that movie. So uh, I, I'm actually probably going to go For Love of the Game 1. Mm-hmm. Ten Cup I've seen, but it's been so long since I've seen it, and it's not one of those movies I've watched over and over again. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not as familiar with it, so I'm probably going to underrate it here. Okay, so it's fourth? Probably, yes. Okay, and then and I, So I'm probably going to go Bull Durham 2 and, and Field of Dreams wow. 3, actually. Field of Dreams is number one for me. And then I would go Bull Durham for Love of the Game, 10 Cup, Draft Day. I mean, I like Field you of Dreams. You like Dream. For Love of the Game? Did you like the third baseman in that movie? The guy who played the third baseman for, in, for, for Love of the Game? Did you like him? Good actor, you think? I can't even remember who played third. Oh, what's his name? Chris Lamonis. Did he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Lamonis is in that movie. He's got an IMD, IM, I can't remember, IMDB, is that what it is? He's got a credit. I did not know that Lamonis was in it. I mean, look at there. I, mean, look at, I thought you knew that. I feel, yeah. ba- I feel bad that I didn't know that. Now I'm going to talk to Chris about it because I do like that movie. Yeah. Let's see here. Yes, Chris Lamonis, actor for Love of the Game. Wow. I, it doesn't tell you what his name was, I don't think. Let me see here. He was Lee Gior- Giordano. Did not know that. Yeah. I have learned something today. I thought you knew that. You yeah. best believe next time I'm talking to Chris, that's coming up. Yeah, he, he played third. Uh, <laughs> I thought you knew that. But no, uh, Field of Dreams, I like that movie, but mm-hmm. I'm not as high on it as, as some people. Is it the scene you. at the end where the dad doesn't know how to throw the baseball? He does not know how to throw just, the baseball. I don't know. There's just... No, I like the Field of Dreams. I, there, there's not anything... I just baseball, about. Joel. There's so many iconic moments in the movie. But yeah. So. Yeah, anyway. Corey Kuykendall wants to know, is dinner considered lunch or supper? Dinner is supper. Dinner is supper, but growing up, mm-hmm. my grandma, mother, my grandmother, I never called her grandmother, my memo. Uh, you call her whatever you want. It's the South. Yeah, true. Uh, I, get, I don't know that she was the originator of it, but she, for whatever reason, is in my mind. It seemed like the, the midday meal was always dinner. Mm-hmm. Y'all didn't call it lunch. And, you know, nighttime supper. Yeah. We had lunch and, we had lunch and dinner. I mean, as I've grown up, you know, it's always lunch and, and dinner now. Right. But, well, actually, for me, I never say dinner. It's always lunch and supper. Okay. So I, I, dinner is very rarely in my vocabulary. Do you go out to dinner or do you go out to supper? 
Like I, take, I, I use supper almost exclusively. So you tell your Kate, if you, you, you take your wife on a date, y'all are going out for supper. Usually, okay. yes. Okay. Ryan Lawrence wants to know, this is a good question to make us think. The cowbell is our most despised tradition among other fans of other teams. Are there any other traditions of any other schools that you can't stand? That dead gum hog call is <laughs> It's another Arkansas first down. I mean, here's That's, a hot take for you for people listening. The hog call is more nodding, uh, nodding. The hog call is more annoying than hotty toddy. Well, first off, we're leaving off the worst of the worst here. The Whistler. Oh, gosh, yeah. If we're counting that, then that's... No that, that's, jury in America would convict you if you went after that guy. Yeah, that, that is the winner, if if that counts. So, yeah, it, but the it thing counts. is, it the, counts. Well, the thing is, even Vandy people hate him. Some Vandy well, people. Well, it doesn't matter. Then, then rise up against him, Vandy people. I've never heard a Mississippi State fan, and you know, if you're out there thinking this, I wouldn't say that. The hates cowbells? Yeah, never heard yeah. one. Um, I'm trying to think of you know being around the conference. Nothing in Alabama, nothing in Auburn really stands out. Georgia doesn't know. Florida, uh, nah. You know, Te- Ta- Texas A&M does some stupid stuff. Yeah, the, 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 the some of the yells they do are just, and they're so. You talk about everybody talks about how obsessed state is with Ole Miss and Ole Misses with state. Texas A&M's fight song is just a slam of Texas. That's all it is. And sawing off varsity's horns. Eh. Hotty toddy, hotty toddy to me is just one of those things. Like when I hear it, I'm just like, oh god, <laughs> my stomach just. Ugh, I don't, I don't want to. But hear I it. think part of that is just because of who it is. Exactly. Yeah. It's well, not, I mean, yeah. I mean, if I, I would, I would agree that like Auburn fans don't care about hotty toddy. Yeah. Uh, objectively, if you're a Kentucky fan, yeah, you What's more that. annoying, the Arkansas hog call or oh, hotty toddy? Exactly. Hotty toddy is just a chant. Yes. So, that's a good point. That's a record for saying the words hotty toddy on this show. Uh, Tyler Heydrich wants to know, if you're forced to go back in time to the year 1720 and you couldn't take anything with you, how would you convince people you were from the future? That's a good question. Like, <laughs> the problem is this. Within an hour of you being there, they would have burned you for witchcraft. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I probably would just be, you know what I would do? I'd try to like find some things to bet on. If you knew exactly the date in which in the past you were going to, Mm-hmm. Before you left the mm-hmm. future, yeah, you could figure out something that's going to happen like in the, the, next, the next day, fewer days, and be like, "This is about to happen. Yeah. This is going down like tomorrow." Tomorrow, and but then they would just get you for witchcraft. He knows the future. He has <laughs> sold his soul to Satan. <laughs> well, you're in trouble. I, I, my guess, Tyler, is you need to shut up on that one. Don't say anything. Payne Sleeper has some good questions for us. Predict the one game State shouldn't win that they'll pull through. I'm gonna stick with Auburn. Yeah, Auburn. If I had to guess, yeah. Top three fast food restaurants in order. So what are your top three? Uh, I'm still really high on Chick-fil-A, I'll be honest okay. with you. Robbie Falk, Robbie Falk will love me for saying that, yeah. but I, I just am. Still haven't had the, uh, I guess I can't because they're sold out, the Popeye's chicken sandwich. It'll bit. come back around. Um, so right now I think I would put Chick-fil-A one just because, quite frankly, I enjoy walking in there and they they may be faking it, but they seem like they want you to be there. They do, and and you know you go to McDonald's or somewhere, and it's like they would prefer to just throw the register at you. All right, so Chick Fil A is number one. Is one. Uh, what's your one? While I think of my two, Popeyes. Popeyes is your one. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. 
I will go Popeyes at I'll go Popeyes at three. Okay, so what's, think of a two what's because three? I don't think I can put it uh, up quite as high as you did. Okay. Uh, huh. Give me another one here. My number two is Taco Bell. Uh, I'm not a big. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big on. Not not What's big on Taco Bell. Taco Bell's awesome. Uh, I kind of the one that I eat more than any of them. I guess I'll put it at two. I'm not sold. This is what it is, but I, I probably eat it even more than Chick Fil A. You know, Chick Fil A is my favorite. Um, I actually probably eat more Subway than I do any of them. Okay. See, if I so three for me is probably Chick Fil A. To be honest, but that's my top three. Yeah. But I like Firehouse subs more. I like Firehouse. Does that count? Yeah, that's fast food. Why would it not count? If Firehouse counts, then then yeah. Firehouse over Fi- Firehouse sub is much better than a Subway okay. sub. There you go. There you go. All right, now let's go here. To uh, me though, that's just a that's a little bit different level. No, it's it's a, it's it's fast food. I'm not having this argument. All right, I used to have this argument with Bob about Five Guys. Right? It's fast food. Do you sit down after you order it and then they call out your name and you go pick it up? That's fast food. Okay. Okay. Well, you've right. convinced me. Right. I like a firehouse sub better so, than a subway. Real quick, sub. I'm going to make you look at this, and everybody will see it by the time somebody will tweet it out. So, you saw this yesterday? Yes. Okay. So, hold on. <laughs> you guys will see it tomorrow. Somebody will tweet it out. <laughs> Who made that? What? Uh, what of. Uh, our good friend and host Steve Robertson had some of his people on it. Oh wow, <laughs> that's fantastic! Wow, you guys, if you don't see it tomorrow, we'll make sure we'll make it happen. Uh, let's see here. Uh, where are we? Jace Caldwell. First off, he wanted to let me know that Tampa Bay won. They sure did. Beat Cam Newton. That doesn't seem to be very much to it. If you could have an exotic pet, what would it be? I had an exotic pet once, or at least the guy I lived with had one. Iguana? Would you have? We had a caiman. I don't even know what that is. It's like a small crocodile. I'd like to have a, a parrot. It'd be pretty fun. Would you teach it to woo? Yes, sir. You better believe it. You come into my house, woo! That would be... <laughs> I would come to your house just to hang out with the parrot. In your opinion, who would be the best Bulldog Bash artist that would attract the biggest crowd? See, I don't think you and I are the right two to answer this. No, because probably not. we want students, and I just don't know Adele. I mean, I don't, I don't know who you know is the biggest... Artist Taylor Swift, something like that. I mean, I don't know. Who is the biggest artist in the world? Probably right Taylor now? Swift, if I had to guess. You think she's number one in the world right now? Her, I mean, I'm not saying that she's her not. Her album but. was number two on the charts behind Tool, and I don't think Tool is the answer. Yeah. Much as I, I would go, you would catch me at Bulldog Bash if Tool was there. But yeah, Taylor Swift is probably the answer to that. Adele, um, I, I, I don't know. I just don't know. Do you know who I personally would pick? Who? Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks is a good answer. That that's the guy who sort of attra- he's he's attractive to a lot of groups. So all right, that's good. That's a good answer then. Uh, let's see here. Rob Hadaway, our good friend, uh, wants to know: Can actual game attendance be obtained via an FOIA or any other reporter tricks? I know everybody lies, but real numbers would be interesting at the least. That, that, that's not available. There's no way we could get that, right? Well, I mean, they scan everybody's tickets, so they know how many tickets they scan. So it would be available. I would think you could probably go to the. Uh, I mean, when I say you, I I, I would guess that someone mm-hmm. could waltz into the uh, ticket office over there at the Bryan Building, mm-hmm. and they could probably tell you how many tickets were scanned for every, every single. Get, you'd probably event. have to get the FOI though. I don't know if that's sensitive enough info that, it, like, if a reporter went over there and tried to get that. Yeah. 
I don't know if that's sensitive enough bet? that they would make you FOI. You want to bet? Go go do it tomorrow. If they give it to you without doing anything, I'll buy your lunch. <laughs> well, it's like why 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 do I want that? Like what what use do I have for that? Oh, I don't, you don't have to put it out there. Just if they give it to you, I'll buy your lunch. If they if they're like no, you need to, then you owe me lunch. <laughs> now, who do you think is going to win? I mean, I could call like Mike Ritchie tomorrow and be like, if if I wanted this. Could I get it, or would I have to FOI it? Mm-hmm. I don't really want it, but I'm just saying, if well, I wanted do it, do that, and it'll save us the bet. So I, I'm sure he could tell right, me what I would out. need. Because I'd really, genuinely, I mean, what can I do with that? Just tweet it out. I mean, it's there. Is that a story? I mean, not really. No. I mean, I get it depends. You know, states said they had 54k. If there were 25k, if they misrepresented it by 29,000, Brian, they misrepresent by. A thousand percent at every midweek baseball game. I mean, who cares? That's a good point. That's a good point. I guess you're right. Uh, where are we here? Ryan Connolly wants to know. You should- hey, hey, Afghanistan, my hey. buddy, Ryan Connolly. What's up, bud? I think we, yeah, in, unintentionally, but last he like sent us a question, I think, right after we recorded last week. Oh, okay. So, anyway. Anyway. Glad, glad we're getting you in, buddy. Here we go. Thank you for your service. You Usually, coaches come into a new job with the program in shambles, so you give them a few years to rebuild and accept the losses. We're understanding. Joe came into a built program. He's been successful everywhere but here. Why? And how long do we give him? That's the most concerning part, is that he's been successful at other places, and but not here. I will forever believe still that the SEC is a different beast. I think I have come to that conclusion that you're 100% correct, that what his offense can do against Big Ten and what they did at whatever conference Fordham is in, that it doesn't work as well against the SEC. Because the SEC, even even with spread offenses, and you saw with Dan Mullen, even with spread offenses and things, there still has to be a level of smash-mouthness to you in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of seen a little bit that it just... I don't know. I, it just... I said it earlier. It doesn't seem like... And I know that if, if some of those coaches were in here, they'd probably tell me how wrong I was. But it doesn't seem like they're as, as, as you know, tough, hit you in the mouth as they've been in the last however long. So anyway, I just I, – I don't know yet that his offensive style is going to work in the SEC. Yeah, And I, I just – I don't know. I, I'd love to see it work, but I'm not sold that it's going to. What is this here? That would be a question. You can read that now. Oh, come back to it later. Uh, I, was kidding. I was kidding. You could do whatever you want to do. It's, okay. it's, our, it's our show. You're right about that. Uh, let's see here. Butch Bailey wants some role reversal. He wants me to sell us on the best case scenario for Moorhead, and you have to give us the worst case. So you go first. Well, the worst case scenario is this offense continues to be a train wreck, mm-hmm. and the team continues to look soft, and the special teams continues to look like trash. And you're sitting here at the end of this season staring up and you're four and eight or something like that. Did you lose to Ole Miss in your scenario? That's the worst case. The the worst case is yeah. The it, worst case is you beat Abilene Christian in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. That, one one and seven in the conference. That's worst case. Now yeah. I'm not predicting that. Don't think that's gonna happen, but if you want me to draw up a worst case for you, there you go. The best case scenario is these players who are suspended play against Kentucky. Auburn, Tennessee, and then Ole Miss. And you win, you win all four of those games. You beat Arkansas and Abilene Christian. And then what are you? You're, you're, you're eight and four. You're eight right? and four. You're eight and four. 
That's the best case, I think. I, I don't I don't see going to A&M. And, and then, of right course, now. you go to a bowl game. You go to a good bowl game, and you've got a chance to win nine games. Yeah. You know? so, if, yeah. This, if this season is to finish nine and four. Everybody's, fa- everybody's happy. People need to praise Joe Moorhead, I think. That would have happened last year. If they've been nine and four, the bowl game killed him. The bowl game killed him last year, which is funny. You know, most bowl games are supposed to be sort of, you know, the gravy. <laughs> And it wasn't for him. <laughs> Poor Joe. He's like that baseball team that has been down 10 runs, and they keep scratching and clawing, and then they finally get back and tie the game, and then in the next inning, the team hits a grand slam, and he's right back behind by four runs again. Like, it, it, soon, it seems like as soon as he gets a little bit of momentum and everybody on his, on his side again, there's a Kansas State, or yeah. there's a, an Iowa, or yeah. something that just kind of – I don't know. I, I don't know how much – Joe seems to be a guy's guy's priorities in order, but I, I, I sometimes I wonder if he doesn't bang his head up against the wall at night because just can't seem to get over that hump so yeah, far. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Pepper wants to know: Is Stevens at ninety percent healthy, better than Schrader at one hundred percent? I I would say right now, yes. Okay, that's fair. I think it's tough when you're not one hundred percent healthy to be better than anything because you're concerned about your health, but. From a talent perspective, I, I agree. Because I would say, what do you th- if you had to guess, and we're strictly guessing here, mm-hmm. how healthy was Tommy in the first half the other day? I don't think he was super happy, super healthy. Would you say he was 90? Probably close to it, yeah. What was... Okay, then let's play that game. What was better, Schrader in the second half or Tommy in the first half? It's definitely Tommy in the first half, but I don't know how much of that is just... Kansas State, Kansas State making adjustments. I don't know. So yeah. I don't know if, if if Schrader plays the whole game. Yeah, he rushed for 82 yards in the second half. If he were playing the whole game and rushed for 150 yards, I think State might have won. You know, but I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, let's see here. Kevin Wright. My three teams, MSU, Man City, and the Cardinals all lost last weekend. Um, that's a shame about Man City. You hate to see that. What's the worst series of losses you've had to endure? So for me, in 14, State lost that Egg Bowl to Ole Miss. And then the next week, on Friday, the 1A state championship game was here in Starkville, and it was St. Al versus Natchez Cathedral, and St. Al lost, I think, 42-7. to So within a week, I saw my favorite college team and my, my high school alma mater, both my alma maters, go down in horrific defeat, not only in big games, but to rivals. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. And also, in that time, I'm pretty sure the Saints lost as well. Well, that's what I, I'm just sitting here struggling, but I know that there's been some times because the Braves mm-hmm. either didn't make October the last four or five years, yeah. or if they get to October, you know, they obviously choke. And the Dolphins have done a lot of losing. And, uh, you know, State has had several losses, of course. So I, I, I'm sure that at some point, in my fanhood of those three teams, that there's something, but there isn't just like one weekend scarred into my memory. I'm trying to look for some, something for you here. I may, I may, I may bring up some some hurt feelings. I don't know yet. Hold on, I'll tell you in about two seconds. All right, and oh, okay, yeah, this is gonna be tough for you. Oh, so in 2010, Joel, Braves, Braves were see, eliminated by were the Giants, Giants on. Uh, let me see. On what was it? October. The 11th. Bobby Cox's final game. Thank you, Bobby. Oh, no, never mind. No, you were good because then the next weekend, State beat Florida. I was looking at September. I thought I thought it was the same weekend as the Auburn game when they lost to Cam Newton. But you're okay. That so. was at like 10-7 Florida game or something like that. Yeah. yeah, well, they didn't throw the ball in the second half. Yeah. 
right. Uh, and where were it was ten seven. Was that the final? Ten seven. You're right. Another one from uh, from Kevin. How's Bob Garskadden doing? We need his positive spin. Oh, now now people want Bob and the positive back. Nobody's ever happy. He's doing great, and hope to see him very soon. He's supposed to be in Starville in a few weeks, and uh, we'll, we'll hopefully uh, get together. Let's see here. Andy Atkinson, our good friend, the double enforcer, a. the double A. The location for the previous version of this podcast was a deep post pattern away from the Cotton District. Where this current studio is located in football terms, where is the current studio located in football terms from a known landmark? A long snap from Walmart. Uh, we're not far from Walmart. Well, that's not a really good landmark, though. I don't want to use a. Uh, I don't want to use a. Uh, what sort I'm looking for? A w- Walmart. Uh-oh. I want to use like an actual landmark. We're we're an Anderson Peters javelin throw from from Davis Wade Stadium. How about that? <laughs> that guy throwing the javelin eight miles. So, um, excuse me. Let's see here. Mm. At an upcoming home game, the MSU beat is participating is still double A in a punt pass kick competition. Who does the best of each skill? Who wins? Oh gosh, if, this, if if Matt Wyatt is This is the easy answer. It's Matt Wyatt. Because I know if, he can pass and punt. If he's participating, we're all He's gonna win. Crap creek. I mean, he's gonna set himself up for an easy chip shot field goal. Yeah, this that's the easiest question ever. Uh Steven wants to know why is Dakota Hudson not in the Cy Young conversation? He's had an unbelievable year. year. Yeah. Um problem is there's been some others that have had some amazing years too. Yeah. Um so, I don't. Yeah, he's he's not going to win it. But I mean, he's. I, I'm trying to remember. I should know this. How many like votes there are? Like you get to the 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 people that vote for these awards, they get to rank like first place through whatever place mm-hmm. when they vote. And how depending upon how deep that list goes, it wouldn't shock you for him to get some you know points in that voting. Mm-hmm. All right. My good friend Tyler Jones wants to know, when will Joel T. Swolman shirts be available, and where can I get one? We need to put those on the list. We've got, you know, I'm trying to get Super Talk to do some merchandising. I want Rippy's face with the word suboptimal. Yeah. You know, I want vote Borky for something, and we can get some Joel T. Swolman shirts in there, I think. So. I wonder if people would actually buy Joel T. I, I, here's what I promise you. One person would buy them. Some There's somebody out there that would buy them. <laughs> I mean, we, we do those Team Biscuit and Team uh, Cornbread t-shirts. So people bought those. So, yeah, people would buy it. Uh, Sean Brown, the most important question we've ever gotten here. Best WrestleMania match ever? For me personally, it was 25 Michaels Undertaker. That's a good choice. It's a good choice. I'm going to go uh, old school WrestleMania 3, Ricky Steamboat versus Randy Savage. If you made me pick two, I would go 13 with Bret Hart and uh, Stone Cold. That's a good choice. But my favorite all time. I mean, I was just edge of my seat with, with Sean Undertaker at 25. Okay. Uh, our good friend Ryan Sparks wants to know, can you ask if the eight games the players are suspended are totally up to the coaches or were they predetermined along with the NCAA? Yeah, we could ask. <laughs> See the end of that question right there. <laughs> Oh, uh, let's see here. Yeah. Folks, sometimes I know you probably listen to these press conferences and things, and you might wonder, why did the media not ask X? I don't waste my time asking questions. I know we're getting no comment. So many times we have either kind of before the press conference said, would, yeah. would you discuss this kind of thing? Like, so many times we know what we might could get answered. Mm-hmm. And so, I, sometimes there are the obvious questions, like the Lee Autry thing. That was something that, to me... Everyone was asking. It was just kind of sitting out there. He had played in a game 
at that point. So right. I thought it was it was fair to at least see if we could get and any get? semblance, no, and we, we got, got basically no comments. So I mean, sometimes guys, we we just know what's going to get answered and what isn't. So there isn't any point in trying to ruffle any feathers just to get a a, a no comment on something that's not worth it. Right. All right. Uh, let's see here. James Bennett asked a question just for me. Does the almost guaranteed addition of Victor Moses to next year's Chelsea club make us make the chances of us winning the Premier League an actual possibility next year? Um, I don't know that Victor Moses coming back makes that the case at all. Uh, you get that great young core, and then, you know you look at next year; they're going to have 180, 190, maybe 200 million dollars to spend. Um, that's what's going to make them a, a contender. Is you know these guys continue to get better. I like Victor Moses. Don't get me wrong, but he's he's just sort of a role player. I don't I don't know that he, his addition. But like I said, he's one of my favorite players. He was a key cog in that 2016 2017 championship team. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Matt Black wants to know, and I made Joel watch hey, this. Hey, this, up, Matt? Oh, you know Matt. I know Matt. He made me. I made Joel watch this video. Who would win in an SEC mascot battle royal? He's talking about the Mike Leach thing. We read that. So here's let's 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 break this down. We got three Tigers. Yeah, those are among the favorites. Georgia and State are out. They're not winning. Bulldogs aren't going to win. Uh, and Aggie is a is a student, just an agricultural student. That's not going to win. <coughs> the get Wildcat, get out of here. Yeah, the Wildcat's out. The Gamecock out. Not no chance. No chance whatsoever. Um. When we're dealing with Ole Miss here, are we going with a Rebel or are we going, we're going with, that, with a Rebel? Or are we going with that can opener over there? We're not. We're going with a Rebel and a Volunteer. So now we've got two people who should have firearms, but they're old timey firearms. They're going to have to, you know, black powder, musket. I don't think they're going to be very effective. Then we've got the favorites are the Alligator, one of the three Tigers, and then my favorite, the Elephant. The Elephant's going to win. Now, this only if, if this battle is near a beach, Vanderbilt's going to win because the Commodore will just call in the Navy and bombard the place. But if we're landlocked, the Commodore is useless. He's probably got a sword and yeah. that's it. I think the elephant is going to defeat. He'll, he'll kill those Tigers. The Razorback, he's not winning either. No, the Razorback's out. It's the elephant. Now, that said, you know. The problem is if this is like a battle royal, the three, the, the Tigers could like team up and just start. No. All right, here's what I'm going to try to say to you. All right, I'm bigger than you, right? Yeah. So if we had a fight, it would be pre- pretty evenly matched. I think you would win, but it would be even at some point, right? Sure. What if I was 10 times bigger than you? Could three of you beat me up? I mean, if one came I mean, up y'all are you're vicious killers, but could three of you beat me up if I was 10 times? And I'm not talking about just fat. I'm talking about I am a monster. Yeah. I am... Well, I'm I'm five ten, so I'm fifteen feet tall. Is an elephant vicious enough though? Like, is it? If you come after it, it is. All right, I'll go with you. It's the elephant. I'll go with you. Okay. Of course, if you really want to go with the, the, the Crimson Tide, I think a tidal wave would win too. It would drown everything, except for the Commodore. The Commodore might win in that instance. Let's see here. Uh, where are we? Mm-hmm. Getting into some stuff that's not questions now. Just sort of going through it. Uh, M over S wants to know, was it just better when we said we don't talk about injuries? I think it was. I, I would rather just, I'm not going to tell you then, lower body, upper body. Just me. I heard Richard talking to me on the, on the big show the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
about <laughs> these football coaches. You know, you're not protecting the nuclear codes here. I yeah. heard you saying that, but uh, do, I, I guess I, I'm trying to come up with some reason as to why you wouldn't just kind of give specifics on some stuff. The thing that comes to mind a little bit is, you know, back a few years ago when Will Redmond tore his ACL and that got reported. Mm-hmm. You got mad. That ticked off Dan Mullen. It did. Some kind of bad. Um, because, like, I think Will's family didn't even know yet that his ACL was torn or something. And, uh, and of course, NFL scouts hear that sort of thing and everything else. But the thing is with NFL scouts, they're going to know eventually that what the injuries are, if there's mm-hmm. any kind of thing. So... I don't know. I, I can kind of see a little bit guarding what injuries are in some instances, but in other instances, when it's not an immediate thing and it's been going on for six weeks or something, like, yeah. why don't you just say knee injury yeah. or Especially ankle with, injury? With Tommy, or, it's so obvious it's his shoulder. It's just so obvious. Just, we, well, you also so had sure. a backup quarterback stand at the podium tonight and said Tommy Tommy's shoulder was. Uh, people are you. Other people are saying shoulder. Um. But I do what I do appreciate is this. I mean, I'm I, again. I, I've said a million times before. It's Joe's program. He can run the show how he wants to. I do appreciate that if you ask if a player is injured, he will tell you. Yeah. He may only use upper. Well, he's only going to use upper or lower body injury, but he will discuss injuries. He may not discuss specifics, but he will discuss it. You ask Dan Mullen, and he might be like, "Yeah, he practiced." Yeah. You know, you just you yeah. never know yeah. with Dan, or he might snap. You, you just never knew with Dan. Joe, if you ask him, is so-and-so injured? Yeah, dealing with an upper body, day-to-day. Yeah, yeah. at least get that. Heather Osborne says, another issue with game day experience last week was a, and she says this and she put it in all caps. I, I saw this. Putrid odor wafting through the stadium. It smelled like the stadium had been cleaned with soured towels. <laughs> oh, did we, I did not notice that. I didn't either. So, and do you think John Cohen will give away free air freshener this week? Everybody gets a bottle of Febreze. You get, actually, we've come up with a deal. Uh, with Rick the Model Martell. He's going to go around spraying arrogance everywhere. He smells much better. <laughs> so, I didn't know it was stinky in there. A lot of issues with game day right now. It's like open air. Like It'd be tough for that place. That to tells just... you how bad it is if somebody is catching that. That tells you. Uh, let's see here. Adam Johnson, do you think the team needs to move back to South Farm to begin fall training camp? That was a mulling deal. It was, but don't you feel like it maybe it instilled some some toughness? I mean, we always heard like Dak praise it, and you know everything. Everybody knows what Dak says is gospel, right? But but no, I mean we we did hear those boys, not just Dak, but everyone around that that time period, talking about how that was kind of a, I don't know, team building, it toughness was, yeah. building yeah. Um, deal. Uh, I I don't know if that's the answer or not. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I, I I find it hard to believe that like a few days at South Farm would have changed the result of some games. Yeah, but, well, you never know, though. But maybe it would have. Raleigh Cadenhead wants to know, is JT Ginn going to be able to go the full season barring a legit injury, or is it going to be another season full of arm soreness? I think they'll still be careful with him. But I think he'll, he'll be more full go. Yeah, and, and also, He should be I mean, further along and understanding you know, what it takes to get through a season. Yeah. Um, that's it, as a, a guy that's going to make a lot of money with his right arm in the future if there's ever any sniff or hint of any arm soreness or any issue you got to do what's right by the kid and you know if that means holding him out a weekend or something like that like state did last year look you you need other future potential 
high draft picks when they're deciding whether or not to come to school to look at JT Ginn and be like, Chris Lamonis is going to take care of me at all costs. Right. So uh, if there is any sniff hint of issue, then then you need Mississippi State to like hold him out or something. You, you need uh, State to take care of that right arm of JT Ginn's. Yeah. Alex Barham wants to know, at his current pace, do you think Kylan Hill will go to the NFL after this year? If so, who other than Witherspoon will be in the running back room next year? I don't think Kylan Hill will go pro. I could be wrong. But if he does, eh, State's in some trouble. They're going to have to go for a grad transfer running back for sure at that point. Because uh, then you have Witherspoon, and you have – I mean, I don't know I, – I still don't believe Kareem Walker will be a part of that. But he might be. At that juncture, he may be. He for might be. Sure, for then, sure. But. And then you have the two true freshmen that are committed. They're not signed right now, but Jaquavius Marks and Dylan Johnson are committed to you right now. So we'll see. We'll see where that gets you. I don't know. I, I don't think he'll go pro, though. Let's see here. Steve Robertson tried to take a shot at us. Hmm. See this? I didn't see that. Is that is that that guy that he has a podcast that wasn't ranked? In wasn't the, ranked. Was not ranked. Yeah, we, we can't can't relate because I, I mean you, you know to, every show we've done this week has been ranked in the national sports you, podcasting rankings you on iTunes. Hate to see that. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess we could read his tweet to try and give him a little a little love, self esteem boost. Yeah. Read his book though; the books are good. Uh, let's see here. Uh, last question for the day from Alexandra Watson. As the owner of a new kitten, Peaches, that's a good, that's a good name for a cat. Uh, any suggestions on how to keep my dog? Oh, oh, how to keep my dogs from thinking the litter box is their personal cookie jar? Ugh. Oh, what? The dogs are eating the cat poop? Huh? It's cat poop. I've never owned a cat, so I'm going to leave this one to you. I've You've never cats. owned a dog. I, I had it. We had a dog. We, I never had a cat and a dog at the same time, except for like a very brief window, uh, but. I don't know how you keep dogs from eating poop, to be totally honest. I, I know they, they, they have a tendency to do it. Uh, unless you can somehow get the litter box into a an area in which the dog cannot access. Cannot access. Yeah, you gotta fight, you got to figure that out. Uh, that's a good question, though. <laughs> I don't think we have the answer to it. That's how we're going to end the show, though. Guys, this has been one. Of the, this was the uh, record, I believe, for the longest ever episode of Thunder and Lightning. So thanks for sticking with us if you've made it this far. Tomorrow's show, don't forget, Joel will not be here for our Thursday and Friday show, shows. Oh, I'll be here. I'll be in Starkville. Well, you know what I mean. He won't be with me. Brian will not be with me. I will not be with you. You're um, leaving me. I'm not leaving yeah. you. Tomorrow on the show, though, John Hale from the uh, Louisville Courier-Journal will join me to preview Kentucky, and we'll take a little more in-depth look at the Wildcats before we get to Friday and the three Ps and get ready for the, uh, the first SEC game of the season. For Joel T. Coleman. Woo! See you on Monday for the things that are true. That'll be the next time you hear from me. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.